This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. Today, only a short time remains for him to solve the mystery of the chain of bank robberies. We'll join him in a moment. But right now, a young fellow named Rusty has a problem on his mind, and he's asking his pal Dan McCullough for advice. Say, Dan, maybe you can tell me what we ought to do. I'll be glad to help you if I can, Rusty. Well, it's kind of a problem in our club. Everybody wants to be president at the same time. (laughs) You can't run a club that way. I know. We want to be fair and give all the kids a chance, so we have a different president each month. But how are you going to decide who should go first? Mm, That is a puzzle. We've been worrying about it. Hey, I got it. Yeah? Sure, it's easy. Now, uh, you're all collecting comic buttons, aren't you, from packages of Kellogg's Pet? Yeah, sure. Well, then, the fellow who has the most comic buttons in his collection is the president for the first month. Why, sure. Why didn't I think of that? And uh, if you want to, you could take the next biggest collection and make that fellow vice president and so on down. That's it, Dan. That's it. And believe me, there's going to be a scramble for more comic buttons, too. Well, you won't have any trouble with that, because all the gang's been mighty busy lately working on their comic button collections. Everybody's working toward getting all 18 different buttons in the series and having a load of fun, too. Fellows and girls are mighty proud, too, to sport these bright-colored buttons on their jacket or their dress or cap, so don't miss out on the fun. Ask Mom to get you some more of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep, because that's the only way you can get these exciting comic buttons. You can't buy them anywhere, and you don't send in any money, not even a box stop. But there's an exclusive prize for you in every package of P-E-P Pep. Made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. In a desperate effort to persuade Inspector Henderson not to release evidence which the police chief says proves that Superman is the mysterious burglar who has been breaking into banks, stealing money, and then donating it to charity, Clark Kent made a daring bargain with the inspector. Within 24 hours, he promised, he would either bring in the real thief or produce Superman himself. Kent then outlined his plan to his friend, Batman. The bank robberies had followed a circular path within a 50-mile radius of Metropolis, and only the banks in two towns, Lordville and Somerset, had not been broken into by the mysterious burglar. Hosting private detective Candy Myers and his men in Somerset, Kent and his true identity of Superman accompanied Batman and Robin, his young companion, to Lordville. 
As we continue now, late at night, our three friends are hidden in the dark shadows of the small brick bank building. The little village is wrapped in sleep, and a cloudy sky shrouds the pale moon. Robin, nervous, breaks the tense silence. This bank robber's going to show up. I wish he'd make it soon, Batman. I'm getting cold. Relax, Robin. Anybody know what time it is, Superman? I think I can see the town clock from here. Wait a minute. Yes, it's just 20 minutes past 12. We might have a long wait, then. He didn't show up in the last job he tried to pull until after one. Most of the other robberies took place around midnight. Keep your eyes peeled. We might see him at any minute. The sooner the better. I owe him something for the shellacking he gave us last night. If he does appear, Robin, leave him to me. No, sir. Nobody can use me for a football and get away with it. You heard Superman, Robin. He's giving the orders tonight. Okay, hold but... It, hold it. Someone's coming. Huh? Where? Up the street. Yes, I hear footsteps. So do I. Who is it, Superman? Town constable making his rounds. Oh, that's right. Our bird doesn't walk, he flies. I should have thought of that. He's another Superman. Quiet. It's right in front of the bank. Who? The constable. Trying the door. Oh. Quiet. He spots us. He'll have the whole town up in arms. Okay. He's leaving. After all those robberies around here, you think they keep a guard at the bank all night? They never do in small towns like this. I guess they figure the constable can handle any trouble that comes up. Uh, fat chance it'd have against the Superman. Fat chance a guard would have, too. Well, that's true, but... What's that? Relax, Jim, relax. Just the town clock striking a half hour. Hey, Batman. Wasn't Candy Myers supposed to check with us from Somerset between 12 and 12.30 on the walkie-talkie? Say, that's right, it was. Jeepers, you suppose the bank robber showed up here? I hope not. He was there last night and you two scared him away. I don't think he'll try Somerset again. We'd better check. You got the walkie-talkie in your back, Robin. Contact Candy, will you? Okay. Calling Candy. So loud. Sorry. Calling Candy Myers in Somerset. Lordville calling Candy Myers in Somerset. Come in, Candy. Got any answer? No. Try again. Calling Candy Myers. Calling Candy Myers in Somerset. Come in, please. Come in. Still no answer, right? No. I don't like this. I'd better hop over to Somerset and see what's wrong. You two stay here. Hop wait, on. wait, wait, hold it. What? Robin, I'm ashamed of you. Huh? And I always thought you were bright. What's the matter? Yeah, what did I do now? You opened the receiving key on the walkie-talkie instead of the sending key. What? No wonder Candy couldn't hear him. Uh-oh. Oh, gosh, did I? You certainly did. Here, here let me have it. Isn't the sending key on the right? No, Robin, it's on the left. Oh, gosh, the first walkie-talkie we used a couple of years no, ago. No alibis. I... Okay, I've got it. You must have opened the wrong key last night, too, Robin. When the bank robber showed up in Somerset and you tried to call me. That's why I didn't get your SOS. Of course. Not for that, would have had our man behind bars by this time. Where's that extra special dunce, Captain? Will someone give me a good hard kick? Forget it. We all make mistakes. See if you can raise Candy, Batman. Right. Calling Candy Myers in Somerset. Lordville calling Candy Myers. Come in, please. Still no answer, eh? I'd better get over. Hey, w. I was just going to call you. How is it over there? All quiet so far, Candy. How is it with you? All I need is a lily in my hand, and I think I was out of this world. I never saw such a graveyard. Everybody in this bird goes to sleep at 8 o'clock. <laughs> Tell him not to fall asleep. Keep your eyes peeled, Candy, just in case. Don't worry, pal. I've got every inch of this place covered. If the guy does show up here, he won't know what hit him. Call us at once if you see him, Candy. That's all. We'll buzz you later. Go on. Okay, Robin. Let's clap it on your back again. Yeah. And remember, the sending key is on the left. How could I forget? Well, all's quiet on the western front. Yes, it's too quiet to suit me. I counted on our bird showing up tonight. 
If he doesn't, I guess I'll have to surrender myself to Inspector Henderson tomorrow. Uh, that deal you made... I mean, uh, Clark Kent made with Henderson was a big mistake. Oh, Henderson's way off the beam. He ought to know you wouldn't rob banks. Well, he's got some strong evidence against me, Robin. Evidence, Pooh. Why should you break into banks? Wait a minute. Look. Where? Where? Up in the sky. Floating across the face of the moon. See it? I don't see anything. Neither do I. It's right over. No, wait a minute. It's gone now. That's queer. What is it? What did you see? The same thing I thought I saw last night before you two got here. Something strangely shaped. I went up to investigate, but then I saw you driving like mad from Somerset, and I came down to find out what was wrong. I remember you mentioned it. Oh, it's probably a plane. No, no, no. It's not a plane. It... Oh, wait. There it is again. Where? I can't see a thing. It's behind the clouds. Hard to tell from here, but I'd say it was about six or seven feet long and foot or so thick. About the size of a big man. What? Say, maybe it's the bank robber. The other Superman. Jeepers. I don't know. It's quite high up and hard to see. But when it comes out from behind the clouds again, I think I'll shoot up there. How about taking me along? Uh-uh. No, sir, if it is another Superman, I want both my arms free. Uh, now. It's coming out. Okay, here I go. Good luck, Superman. Yeah, good luck. Up and away! Leaping from the dark street, the man of steel rockets off into the cloudy heavens, leaving Batman and Robin staring after him anxiously. What has Superman seen? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Sighting a strange, swiftly moving object in the cloudy night sky high above the village of Lordville, Superman streaked away to investigate it. He has been gone for some time now. Down the deserted street in front of the village bank, Batman is beginning to worry. Strange he isn't back yet, Robin. Give him a chance. I hope he didn't run into any trouble. He can take care of himself. I know, but... But what? Suppose it is the other Superman up there. Our man will wrap him up like a bundle of dirty wash. Uh, maybe. What do you mean, maybe? Superman is the strongest guy in the world. You've forgotten the steel doors that were ripped off their hinges. And the iron bars that were twisted like pretzels. He may be just as strong as Superman. Perhaps even stronger. Yeah. I guess he could be at that. Oh, jeepers, now you've got me worried. How long has it been since Superman left? Oh, about 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, it's longer than that, Robin. We talked to Candy Myers at 1230. Superman spotted that thing in the sky just a minute or two after we signed off with Candy. Uh, what time is it now? Search me. I left my watch back in the house. And I broke mine last night. Well, I should say it's... About... One o'clock. Good Lord. Wait. Oh, that means he's gone almost half an hour. Oh, golly. What do you think has happened up there? I don't have to think I know. What? It's just as I suspected all along. There is another Superman. And right now, Robin... Both of them are up there battling. Wouldn't we see them or hear them? Oh, they may be miles up. Oh, Robin, I'm afraid this is the payoff. Don't worry. If it is, our man will win. I hope you're right. Only I'd feel a lot better if... What was that? I don't know. Step back in the shadow of the building. Maybe it's Superman. We'll know in a second. He's coming toward the bank. A few more steps and we'll be under that street lamp. Don't move, Robin. Batman, look. It's Superman. Hold it, Robin. But... It's the wrong one. He's wearing a mask. A bank robber. Yes. And you know what that means? Our man didn't win. Our Superman lost. Step by step, the tall, broad-shouldered masked figure, wearing a familiar blue costume and red cape with a large S emblazoned on his chest, approaches the bank building where Batman and Robin crouch in the shadows. Stunned at the realization that the Superman they have always known and admired has at last met his match. Or has he? What did occur in the cloud-swept sky high above the Earth? Was there a titanic battle between two superhuman beings? 
And did the wrong one emerge the victor? Gang, believe me, tomorrow's episode brings a startling surprise that will have you all sitting on the edge of your chairs. So don't miss it. Be sure to listen and tell your friends to listen. Same time, same station, to tomorrow's amazing episode in The Adventures of Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow The Adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot, on surprises, and delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. Today, as we join his friends, Batman and Robin, they are unable to understand his failure to return from the clouds. We'll take you to the scene in a moment. But right now, gang, here's Dan McCullough. Say, fellas, you wouldn't like it, would you, if the girls in your crowd should collect more comic buttons than you did? Well, then, you better hop to it. Be sure to be on hand every time Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pet. Because from, well, from what I've seen, the girls are getting along mighty fast. Why, well, I've seen them wearing more comic buttons than you can shake a stick at. Pictures of Lillums and Winnie Winkle and Smiling Jack and Superman himself. And all the other pictures of your favorite funny paper characters in the series. There are 18 different buttons in all, you know. Each one a natural, true-to-life picture of some comic strip friend. Got up in the brightest colors on a gleaming white enamel button that you'll wear for a long time. And what a load of fun it is swapping duplicates with your pals. But you know, the best part is, these comic buttons are so easy to get, you don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you some of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. There's an exclusive prize for you in every package of P-E-P Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. A, my- a mysterious bank robber, apparently possessed of superhuman strength and the ability to fly, is believed by the police to be none other than Superman. 
The famous Batman, however, is convinced it is another Superman, a counterpart of the Man of Steel. Having reason to suspect that the bank in the village of Lordville would be next visited by the strange burglar, Superman, Batman, and Robin decided to keep an all-night vigil at the bank. However, shortly after midnight, the Man of Steel sighted a strange moving object high in the dark, clouded sky, which vaguely resembled the figure of a man, and he streaked aloft to investigate. When a half hour passed and he did not return, Batman and Robin became alarmed, believing the two supermen had met in mortal combat high above the clouds. Suddenly they heard a thud as of a large man dropping to earth, and peering out from the shadows alongside the bank, they saw a tall, powerfully built man wearing a blue costume and red cape pass under a streetlight as he approached the bank. Batman, look! It's Superman! Hold it, Robin. What? The wrong one. He's wearing a mask. A bank robber? Yes. And you know what that means? Our man didn't win. Our Superman lost. Jeepers. Get back out of sight, Robin. Look, get back, I said. Now, crouch down. Maybe he won't see us. Sure he will. He can see through brick walls. He may not notice it. Keep low. He stopped. He's right in front of the bank. Think he's going to break in? You don't have to think. I know. Well, then, then what are we going to do? There's nothing we can do. Yes. But we can't just sit here and let him... Show ourselves. We're finished. This fellow must have just licked Superman. Golly. Batman. I hear Sounds like he's ripping the bank door open. Aren't we going to do something? I have to wait until he gets inside. And then go for the police? What police? There's only a constable in this village, and who knows where he is. Oh, what a sweet kettle of fish. Wait, I've got the walkie-talkie. I can call Candy Myers in Somerset. Somerset? That's 25 miles away. But Candy can contact the state police. By the time they get here, it'll be all over for the shouting. Well, there's only one thing to do. Come on. Where? I'll give you three guesses. I only need one. We tackle him, huh? You win the brass ring. Now, get that walkie-talkie off your back. I should go around the corner of the building and see what he is. Okay. Is he still out there? No. He's inside. Come on. Look, Pappy, we knew we were going to tangle with him. Why did we wait until he broke into the bank? He's right out here. We wouldn't have a chance. But inside, where it's dark. I get it. Hold it. Shapers. Look what he did to this door. Solid steel, six inches thick. And he lifted off its hinges like it was cardboard. We're not making a mistake tangling with him, are we? I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Ready? Anytime you are. Let's go then. Make like a mouse. And watch it. Don't trip over anything. Check. Thank heavens for these soft shoes. You can say that again. Where is he, Batman? I don't know. Pretty dark in here. Like the inside of a motorman's glove. You'll get used to it in a minute. Hold it. See him? No. Thought maybe I could hear him. I don't hear a thing except my heart thumping. Listen, can a, a, a Superman see in the dark? A lot better than we can. That's fine. This guy might be standing right in front of us, waiting for us to walk into his arms. If he is, we'll find out soon enough. Come on. I think what he did to that steel Never door... mind that. Get your rope ready. Okay. Then what happened? I just bumped into something. The teller cages, I guess. Don't move. Chances are we heard that. I'm a clumsy idiot. Quiet. Hear that, Robin? Yeah. Sounds like he's ripping off another door. It's a ball. Where is the ball? The sound, I say, straight ahead and below us. Come on. What do you mean, below us? Well, some banks have the walls in the basement below the main floor. And there should be a staircase somewhere around here. Yes, yes, I see it. Where? See? Well, that little patch of light comes in from the window. Uh-huh. Now, careful now. Our only chance is to take him by surprise. You mean we've got a chance? You heard me. Against the guy who licked Superman? You heard me again. I just wanted to make sure... Quiet. Here's the stairs. Oh. There he is. See that beam of light? 
What is it? It's Flash. He's in the vault at the foot of the stairs. See? He's got his back to it. Counting money, isn't he? Right. Now listen. It's only eight steps down. We'll take a step or two, then jump in. Maybe we ought to take out life insurance policy. Don't be so flipped. Now listen. I'll tackle him. You get your rope around his legs. Want me to brand him, too? Leave that for Inspector Henderson. Ready? Ready as I'll ever be. No. We've got to hold him somehow, Robin. Quiet now. Down two steps. Okay. Up and at him. <coughs> get your rope around his legs, Robin. Set. Hurry up. Here. Where'd you come from? We thought... Never mind that now. What happened here? Help me up. Sure thing. Wait. Take it easy. Whoa, now, wait a minute. You're oh. a little wobbly there. Oh, thanks. Hold it now. Take it easy. Yeah. Hold right. oh. Threw me up against the vault head first. Oh. Knocked me out. Who did? The other... Hey. It was Robin. Robin? I was just going to ask you that. Who turned the lights on down here? I did. Robin! Robin, where are you? He's not here. Nobody's in the bank. Except you and me. Great Schubert. That... Then he got away and... And he took Robin with him. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Returning to the little bank in Lordville, Superman found Batman alone in the vault room, just regaining consciousness. But Robin and their huge costumed opponent were gone. Then... Then he got away. And he took Robin with him. Who got away? The other Superman. There is no other Superman. There is, I tell you. He broke into the bank tonight after you left. Robin and I tangled with him. You didn't tangle with a Superman. Come along outside with me and I'll prove it to you. Here. Up these stairs. I tell you, we saw him. We battled with him. I know, I know. He was wearing a blue costume and a red cape. It was another Superman, all right. Sorry, but you're wrong. Look, I was dizzy for a moment, but then when I came to, I I can tell you, I'm not dizzy now. I know what I'm talking about. You only think you do, but you're wrong. I'm not wrong. This fellow dropped out of the sky. Oh, no, he didn't. I tell you, he did. Robin and I saw him do it last night in Somerset. And we... we heard him tonight. Yeah, that may be, but he didn't drop out of the sky. And he didn't fly off, either. You'll see what I mean in just a moment. Here, right outside here. There. Take a look at that, Batman. Good Lord, what is it? What does it look like? Well, it's a... it's a basket. Could be the gondola of a dirigible or a... Dirigible is right. A miniature dirigible. Look, here's the gas bag. I deflated it before I brought it down. What? You mean that's what you saw up in the sky? That's right. The bag and gondola are cleverly camouflaged. That's why I had difficulty spotting it. Take a look at this motor-driven winch and this long rope ladder. That's how our bank robber appeared to leap up into the air and disappear. He caught the rope ladder... And was hauled up to the dirigible by the winch. Right. But where's the pilot? Well, he must have seen me coming for him because he bailed out before I could reach him. I saw his chute start to open, so I went after the dirigible, figuring to pick the pilot up later. But his parachute failed, and he crashed on the mountainside before I could save him. So, there isn't another Superman. No. Then who is the fellow we mixed with? Well, I don't know, but right now that's not important. 
We seem to have forgotten something. Robin. Oh, Lord. He's got him. That big bruiser's got him. Now, take it easy. Take it easy. Do you know what that kid means to me? He's everything. And now he's gone and... I may never see him alive again. Never. Stunned by the sudden realization that Robin has little or no chance of survival in the hands of the mysterious creature who affects the costume of Superman and can seemingly rip steel doors from their hinges with his bare hands, Batman is grief-stricken. But unknown to him, Robin was not carried away by the false Superman. In fact, at this very moment, the courageous youngster is trailing the massive red-caped giant through the woods in the hope of being led to his hideout. In Monday's episode, gang, every moment is exciting as the greatest manhunt in history is launched. Who is the false Superman? Will Robin find out? No matter what happens, don't miss Monday's thrilling episode. Tune in and follow The Adventures of Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow The Adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. As we join him today, no trace has been found of Robin, who so suddenly disappeared from the Lordville Bank. We'll get further details in a moment. But right now, let's get some details from Dan McCullough on those nifty comic buttons. Okay, Dan? You know, gang, after you've followed the adventures of your favorite characters in the funny papers for a long time, why, you feel almost as if you know them personally. You know, as if they're old friends. And that's one reason why those nifty comic buttons are such grand prizes for Kellogg's pet to be putting out. Because the pictures of your funny sheet favorites are real speaking likenesses. Why, you'd know them anywhere. Like Orphan Annie, for instance, with her curly blonde hair and bright red dress. Or Harold Teen, his hair parted in the middle and that big wide grin. Or Superman himself, complete with brilliant blue jersey and red cape flying in the wind. Yes, sir, these characters are straight from the funny papers. Done up in full comic strip colors, too, on gleaming white buttons that show off like anything when you wear them pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. Now, there are 18 different pet comic buttons in the series, and you'll want to collect them all. So remind your mother to get you plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. These exciting comic buttons come only as prizes in packages of P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. When Superman captured a miniature dirigible floating high above the Lordville Bank, part of the mystery of the superhuman bank burglar was solved. With Batman, he examined the gondola of the dirigible and found a motor-operated winch and a rope ladder. It was obvious then that the red-caped, blue-costumed burglar had created the illusion of flying by clinging to the trailing ladder and being swooped up into the air. But who was he? And more important, what had he done with Robin, Batman's young assistant, last seen battling for his life in the bank? As we continue now, it is early the following morning. All through the night, Superman and Batman searched the woods around Lordville, but found no trace of Robin. 
Now, in the guises of Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, tired and worn, we find them with Inspector Henderson at police headquarters. Wayne, his eyes red-rimmed and his cheeks etched with deep lines of fatigue, makes one final impassioned plea. Listen. Inspector, you've got to find that boy. You've got to move heaven and earth to find him. I'm doing all I can, Wayne. Oh, that's not enough. You've got to do more than you can. You've got to... I'm sorry. What am I saying? Easy, Bruce. Can't you... You know what I mean. Yes. You understand. Of course I do. And so does the inspector. The kid means everything to me. Sure, sure. We know. You don't know, really. Yes, we do. Well, you can't know how I feel about him. But believe me, if if anything's happened to Robert... All right, now don't say it. Because I promise you it's not true. Nothing's happened to Robert. He can take care of himself. Oh, would you mind my asking a question? Oh, go ahead, Inspector. Sorry. I thought the boy's name was Dick Grayson. Why do you two keep calling him Robin? Oh, I... uh, Robin's just a a nickname for him. That's right, isn't it, Bruce? Yes. I see. Well, let's go back to this case. Tell me your reason again, Kent, for not wanting the story of the dirigible released to the press. Well, I don't want whoever's behind this false Superman to know we have the answer. Let them go on thinking we believe the real Superman is responsible. What'll that accomplish? Two things, Inspector. It may put them off guard, at least temporarily, and it won't stop them from going ahead with their plan. What plan? plan I think they have in mind. Oh, you think? Oh, has there been anything wrong with my thinking up to now, Inspector? What about your boast to bring in the phony or real Superman within 24 hours? That still goes. But 24 hours have not elapsed yet, have they? Well, I must admit, that's enough for you to admit anything is a victory. Right, Bruce? What? Uh, were you talking to me? Oh, now, snap out of it, Bruce. The world hasn't come to an end. We'll find the boy all right. I'm beginning to wonder. Oh, nonsense. Now, what about that plan, Kent? We've got to move fast in this case. Well, the way I figure, all these petty bank burglaries with the stolen money sent to various charities is simply a cleverly devised plot to discredit me. Discredit you? What have you got to uh, do? I mean, uh, Superman. I... <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm beginning to think I'm Superman. It's funny, isn't it? Very funny. Go ahead. Well, once they accomplish that and have everyone, including the police, believing that Superman has turned bank burglar... I think they plan to pull a really big job and hang in on Superman. Sounds a little fantastic to me. Yeah, maybe, but I can't see any other way of figuring it. Uh, do you go along with Kent's idea, Wayne? Kent's idea? Didn't you just hear it? Oh, I'm sorry, Inspector. I wasn't listening. Now, look, Bruce. I know, we... I know. Snap out of it. Get hold of yourself. Pull yourself together. Chin up and stop worrying. Well, but sure. Well, what if I can't? What if I just stand here watching that phone and waiting to hear it ring? Hoping like I never hoped before there'll be a call about Robin. About us being all right. Is that criminal? Oh, of course not. But oh, that, that, there it is. Easy, son. Anderson speaking. Yes, Malloy. Checked all of them? I see. Uh-huh. What about the Grayson kid? I see. I call me back. Right. Any any news, Inspector? Sorry, Wayne. Nothing. It's only nine o'clock, Bruce. Only nine o'clock. Only eight hours since he's been missing. That's nothing. Nothing at all, is it? Just time enough for him to take a stroll in the woods. Now you're really going overboard. Oh, I'm sorry. About this big job, you think they plan to pull Kent after they build up suspicion against Superman? Yes. What do you mean by a big job? Oh, I mean something huge, something tremendous. No piddling $20,000 robbery. A really big one. And unless I miss my guess, it's coming soon. Where? When? <laughs> if I could answer those questions, Inspector, I wouldn't be here now. I'd be telling fortunes at county fairs. There's no time for jokes, Kent. If you really think they're planning a big robbery, I'd like to alert the entire force. Well, that's fine, but it may not occur in Metropolis. It may happen in Chicago or Detroit or Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And you think the same guy, the one who broke into the banks, is going to pull it? Uh-huh. As Superman. You mean dressed as Superman? Well, naturally. Well, come to think of it, the guy must have some sort of superhuman strength. You saw those vault doors he ripped off? Yes, but I don't think that's a matter of strength. Oh, now, wait a minute. My men checked. I know. Your men checked for nitroglycerin, diamond drills, burglary tools, etc., etc., etc. And they found nothing. Those doors were ripped off by hand. I doubt it, Inspector. And so, incidentally, does Candy Myers. Oh, what's that private gumshoe got to do with this case? He was guarding the Somerset Bank for us last night. 
And this morning I asked him to hop over to Lordville and take a look at the damage. As a matter of fact, I told him we'd meet him there at 9.30. We better get going, Bruce. Going? Oh, where? To Lordville. Do you remember we told Candy we'd meet him there? I think I'll stick around, Candy. Oh, no. There, there might be a call. Now, go ahead, Wayne. There is our contact in Lordville. Sure. There's nothing quite so bad as waiting for something to happen. So you're good to drive over to Lordville. Come on. Okay. See you later, Inspector. Right. Oh, wait a minute. Yes? I forgot something. What? That call I got a few minutes ago. It's about the dirigible. Oh, yes. What about it? The thing had a flying range of 300 miles. Every airport within 300 miles of Lordville was checked. Nobody ever saw it. Uh-huh. I didn't think you'd turn up anything on that. They probably kept it in some old barn. Well, I'll be seeing you. Right. So long, Wayne. So long. Let's go, Bruce. Leaving police headquarters, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne drive to Lordville, where they join private detective Candy Myers. The heavy steel door of the bank, which had been seemingly ripped from its hinges by the mysterious bank robber the previous night, is now leaning against the wall. Kent questions Candy about it. Anything turn up, Candy? Not a thing. The state cops checked all the fingerprints on the vault door. They all matched the bank employees. Our bird must have worn gloves. How we ever ripped the doors off, I don't know. Now, what about that faint odor I mentioned? Uh, what was that, Kent? Well, last night I thought I caught a peculiar odor when I entered the bank after the burglary. It was almost bitter, like burned coffee. I've been smelling all over the place. No soap. Well, I may have been wrong, but it just struck me. Take a look at this door, Bruce. Look at the way the hinges are... Oh, hey, what's that? Calling what? A voice calling my name. Yes, I read it, too. Calling Candy Myers. Come in, Candy. That's Robin's voice. Where is he? The walkie-talkie in Candy's car. Come on. All right. Calling Candy Myers. All right. Hurry. Hurry. Come in, Candy. Come in. Let me have it, Ted, quickly. Okay, here. Hello, Robin. Robin, this is Bruce. Come in. Oh, boy, am I glad to hear your voice. Where are you? I trailed the big guy here, the other Superman. What? I said I... Never mind that. Where are you? I'm about... Oh, I think they spotted me again. I trailed the guy to their hideout, and they saw me. I got away, but they're looking for me now. Robin, in the name of heaven, where are you? About a mile south of Highway 17A. I can hear them coming through the grass. What town are you near, Robin? Right above the town of... Robin! Robin! Those were shots! I know. Robin, answer me! Robin, come in! Robin! Robin, what happened? Frantically, Bruce Wayne, alias Batman, yells into the receiver of his walkie-talkie in a vain effort to again raise Robin. What were the shots that knifed through the sensitive instrument? Do they mean what Batman thinks they do? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. As we continue now, Clark Kent in his role of Superman, carrying Batman as extra cargo, is streaking above Highway 17A. For almost an hour, they have been searching south of the cement road in the vain hope of locating Robin. But by now, Batman has given up. Oh, it's useless, Superman. We'll never find him. We've been over this ground a dozen times. I'm not looking for Robin anymore. I'm looking for some sign of activity in the tall grass down there. Robin mentioned something about someone sneaking through the grass, didn't he? Yes, but I... Look, look at that. What is it? Down, down. I don't see anything. Look, look. In the grass. Oh, it's a walkie-talkie. Hey, it's Robin's. But... Oh, what are these holes in it? Do, do you think that... Yes, Wayne. They're bullet holes. Quietly, Superman identifies the five or six holes in the small radio instrument. There is no need for further explanation. Almost tenderly, Batman's fingers caress the box as his eyes grow moist and something catches in his throat. To him, this looks like the end of the trail. But is it? Gang, take my word for it. Tomorrow's episode goes at a mile-a-minute pace, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. 
Say, gang, this is Boy Scout Week, a time to think of the good things Boy Scouts are doing these days. For example, they're helping scouts overseas reorganize their troops, and they're helping on community projects here at home. They're working hard in peace, as they did in war, our Boy Scouts of America. And also, fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman, brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. Today, the Man of Steel and Batman have found the bullet-ridden walkie-talkie belonging to Robin, but no clue to the whereabouts of Robin himself. We'll join them in a moment, but right now, here is Dan McCullough. You know, um, I can't seem to figure out who's getting the most fun out of collecting comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep, the fellows or the girls. I see the fellows busy as anything over at the playground, comparing notes and how many they've collected and swapping duplicates. Then, down the block, I see a bunch of girls owing and eyeing over each other's collection and swapping duplicates. And I see a lot of girls' dresses and boys' caps and girls' jackets and boys' jackets sporting lots of these bright-colored comic buttons. So, you know, I've just about decided that both fellows and girls get a great kick out of collecting pep comic buttons nowadays. And no wonder why there's a doggone smart-looking, real, true-to-life pictures of such favorite comic strip characters as Perry Winkle and, and Lillums and Superman himself. What's more, they're easy to get. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to make sure Mom gets plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Inside every package, there's your exclusive prize. So get your comic buttons, gang, from P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Although Superman now knows that the mysterious bank robber who wears a costume similar to his own and is apparently possessed of amazing strength is not another superhuman creature, but only an impersonator of the Man of Steel, his problem is far from over. Because Robin, young companion of the famous Batman, has disappeared. In the village of Lordville, where Robin was last seen during a fight with the mysterious burglar, Superman and Batman received a message from the boy on a walkie-talkie radio. Robin said he had trailed the bank robber to a hideout and had then been discovered and pursued. He only had time to say that he was somewhere south of State Highway 17A when a fusillade of shots was heard and the radio went dead. Carrying Batman, Superman scoured the countryside in the vicinity of the highway and finally discovered Robin's walkie-talkie in the deep grass of a deserted field. The portable radio was riddled with bullet holes. Now, holding the black box in his trembling hands, Batman looks at it in dazed bewilderment. Robin. Robin must have been shot. Oh, we're not sure, Batman. He must have been. Look, this, this walkie-talkie is full of bullet holes. I know it is, but he's And he was talking to me on it when we heard the shots. He, he said they were coming after him, and they... They shot him and... Easy, easy. He's dead. Robin's dead. Now, don't jump to conclusions. He is, I tell you. Had him trapped, and then... And they, they shot him. Listen to me, Batman. Listen to me, please. Oh, the he's boy... dead. 
Robin is dead. You've got to listen. Robin may be all right. How could he be? You heard the shot yourself. Look at this radio. I know. He was holding it, talking to me. I know it looks bad, but Robin's a clever youngster. I won't believe anything happened to him until I see it with my own eyes. Now, come on. Pull yourself together. We've got to look for him. Oh, where do we look? They they finished him, and, and they took him away somewhere. Oh, those dirty rats. I'll get them for this. I'll make them pay for what they did if it takes me the rest of my life. That's right. Get mad, then we can get to work. I'll make them pay. I swear it. You hear me, Superman? I hear you. Now, hang on to my shoulders. We're going upstairs. Where? Up where we can get a good view of this region. Are you ready? Go ahead. Okay, here we go, then. Up! Up! Now, let's see. You flew over here before. Only near the highway. No, it's all open country to the north and east. Just farms and a few villages. Mm, a gang of murderers wouldn't hold up in a small village. That'd attract too much attention. Right. Of course, they might take over a farm, but that'd be pretty risky, too. No, same kind of country to the west. Hey, wait. What? That patch of woods to the south. It's pretty small to hide in. Looks smaller than it really is from up here. Let's have a look at that. Away! See anything down there? Not yet. No, I didn't think you would. My hunch is they made for a big city. Maybe Metropolis. Well, I'll be... Look, Batman. What? Where? Almost straight down. And a little to your right. See? Oh, there are too many trees in the way. Get ready for the shock of your life. Hang on now. Here we go. Down. What the... Robin! Batman! Well, I see you two know each other. And Superman. Listen, what happened to you up in the sky last night? Never mind that. Are you all right? Oh, I'm a little hungry and I got a few ant bites in the cave where I was hiding. But apart from that, I'm ticking on all cylinders. Oh, thank heaven. But listen, we've got to go after the other Superman. He and his gang are up to something. There isn't any other Superman, Robin. That's what you think. It was all done with mirrors. Or let's say with a miniature dirigible and a long rope ladder. Huh? Hey, wait a minute. So that's why that big ox walked all the way here. He was limping and I Never thought... mind. You know, you scared me out of ten years of my life. Oh, what's ten years to a young buck like you, Pappy? <laughs> well, listen to the insolent puppy. I ought to turn you over my knee and tan your hide. Well, what did I do? I know I let the guys get away, but there were too many for me and they had guns. You never should have gone after the bank robber alone in the first place. Oh, I had to. You were out cold. Yes, and you left me lying there in the bank vault. A fine pal you turned out to be. I knew you were okay, just knocked out. Gee whiz, somebody had to go after the guy. I thought he'd done something to Superman. But now he got away and his other three pals, too. Wait a minute, Robin. You said you trailed the man to his hideout. Where's that? It's an old broken-down house just beyond these woods. Oh, but... what are we waiting for? Let's get over there. Uh, nobody's there, Batman. I can see it from here. They scrammed right after the bank robber got there. First, they all ran out and kept looking up in the sky. Then they started packing up a car. Mm-hmm. He must have told them the dirigible hadn't been at Lordville to pick him up. They were afraid it might have fallen into the hands of the police. Well, we may never find them now. Chances are they'll lie low. No, they won't. They're up to something else. Something big. They are? What, Robin? I don't know what. But it adds up to $50 million. $50 million? That's what I heard one of them say. A fat party with a fancy vest and spats. We're going ahead anyhow, he said. That was when they were packing up their car. There's $50 million waiting for us, he said. And we're going to get it tonight. Tonight? What else, Robin? That's all. They spotted me right after that and chased me. Oh? I got away from them. That's when I called Candy Myers on the walkie-talkie. Uh-huh. Say, how come you answered that, man? Oh, we were with Candy and Lordville. Uh, go on, then what? They saw me and started popping at me like I was a clay pigeon. So I dumped the radio and made for these woods with them after me. I saw a little cave between some rocks, and I went in like a rabbit. I stayed there a pretty long time till I was sure they were gone. And then you two showed up. Ah, so they're after $50 million, eh? Nothing small about them. Who said it? That's practically all the money in the world. Well, not quite, but it's enough. 
Well, so I was right. What about? The plan to pull that big job tonight, the $50 million one, and blame it on me. Jeepers. And that means the robbery tonight will have to be along the same lines as the previous ones. Only this time, the money won't be donated to charity. But $50 million? Boy, there's not a bank in the country with anywhere near that much cash in their vaults. I know, that's what's bothering me. Say, wait a minute, wait. Maybe our strong-armed friend is planning to break into Fort Knox. Sure, where all the gold is. Oh, I doubt it. Gold isn't negotiable now. Well, then what's the answer? I don't know, Batman, but we've got to find out and fast. Come on, let's check their hideout. It's just barely possible they may have left a clue behind. Come on, it's just a mile or two. I know a faster way than walking. You get under this arm, Robin. That's it, and you get under this one, Batman. There we are. All set? All set. Let's go. Up and away! Leaping up through the woods with Batman and Robin in his arms, Superman streaks to the hideout of the mysterious bank robber. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Arriving at the broken-down farmhouse, which had been the headquarters of the mysterious bank robber and his henchmen, Superman, Batman, and Robin searched it thoroughly, but failed to find any clue to the gang or the $50 million theft scheduled for tonight. As we join our three friends now, they are in the weather-beaten barn. Uh, not a thing in here, either. This is where they probably kept their dirigible. I suppose so, but that doesn't help us now. Can't understand. Say, what's this? Huh? What, Superman? There's a map under this loose floorboard. A map? Yes. Wait till I get it. Oh, let's see what it is. Uh-oh. Look at this, Batman. Let's see. Oh, it's a map of the state. Uh-huh. What are those ink crosses on it? They mark the towns our bank robber visited. See? Here's Glen Forest. There's Thomasville. Lynn Haven. There's Lordville. Uh-huh. Just the way we charted them on our map the other night. Right. Now we know why they followed the course of a rough circle. Why? Because the miniature dirigible had a short cruising range. And the big valley country below Metropolis, with the large villages situated around the rim of the valley, was just right for their purposes. Ah, we know the answers to all the questions, except the $64 one now. You mean the $50 million one? Yes. Gotta find the answer before tonight. How? Where is $50 million? All in one place, I mean. $50 million. Something familiar about that amount. I wouldn't mind being familiar with it. I wouldn't even mind being friendly with it. $50 million. Seems to me I read about it somewhere. It might... Wait a minute. I think... What? It's just a vague thought, but if I'm right... Well, I've got to be right. Listen, you two, we've got a lot of work to do. And fast. Come with me. Where to? Outside. What's up? No time to explain now. My hunch is right. We may be able to stop the biggest robbery in history and meet my impersonator face to face. All right, come on now. Under my arms with you two again. And keep your fingers crossed. This hunch has got to pay off. It must. Up! Up! And away! Leaping up from the deserted farm, carrying Batman and Robin, Superman rockets away into the sky. What is his plan to foil the greatest robbery in history and to capture his impersonator, the mysterious bank robber who is apparently possessed of superhuman strength? Tomorrow's episode is tense and packed with thrills and action, gang, so don't miss it. Be sure to tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. 
And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. Today, the Man of Steel feels certain he knows where the $50 million robbery is to take place. We'll get the details in a moment. But right now, let's hear from our good friend, Dan McCullough. Say, gang, do you know why Mother likes you to play outdoors when the sun is shining? Because the sun makes good old vitamin D for you. Helps build strong bones and sturdy teeth. And you know why mom likes you to eat plenty of Kellogg's Pep in the winter especially, when there's not so much good sunshine? Because a dish of Pep gives you lots of that very same sunshine vitamin D. Your daily minimum need, in fact. Yes, sir. Kellogg's Pep is a doggone sunny, nutritious cereal. Doggone good tasting, too. Full up with sunny, golden toasted flavor. Crisp as can be. Now, uh, of course, another reason that you're glad to eat lots of pep is because that's how you get those nifty comic buttons all the gang's collecting. Why, these pep comic buttons are just about the best-looking things you ever saw. Real, true-to-life pictures of your favorite comic strip characters done up in bright colors on gleaming white buttons that you're, well, you're mighty proud to sport on your jacket or your dress or cap. So better remind Mom to get you a good supply of Kellogg's pep because that's the only way you can get these swell comic buttons. You can't buy them anywhere. And you don't send in any money, not even a box top. These are exclusive prizes in packages of P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. When Robin, young assistant to the famous Batman, trailed the mysterious bank robber who has been impersonating Superman, he learned that the amazingly powerful burglar and his henchmen had planned a $50 million robbery to take place that very night. But Robin was discovered and pursued before he could overhear any details of the plot. And when Superman and Batman arrived at the hideout, they found it deserted. 
Carrying his two friends, the man of steel streaked back to Metropolis. And as we join them now, they're in the library of the Daily Planet, where for hours they have been searching through back files of the newspaper. Darkness has long since closed down over the city, and the worried frown on Superman's face deepens. Listen. How far back have you gone, Batman? I've just finished last July. Read through every paper? Everything but the one ad. Mm-hmm. How about you, Robin? I'm on June. Looks like the Detroit Tigers are going to win the pennant last year. This is no time for jokes, sonny boy. Well, I went all the way back to April and May. Jim Olsen and Lois Lane covered the first three months of the year. I'm sure the story I read was in the paper this year. Can't you remember anything about the story? No, I can't. Just that it had something to do with $50 million. I wish we could find it. It might tell us where my impersonator plans to strike tonight. Well, that finishes June. Maybe you read the story in some other paper. No, I seem to remember it was in the planet. Oh, we've covered every issue for this year. You say you're sure it wasn't before that? No, it couldn't have been. Oh, look. Let's try it another way. What? Where is there $50 million? In one place, I mean. In the land of my dreams. Robin. Sorry, Patty. Oh, we tried that before, Batman, and didn't get anywhere. Banks don't carry that much money, and we ruled out Fort Knox. It's too heavily guarded. And besides, gold is negotiable now. Uh, you had Henderson tip off Fort Knox anyway, didn't you? Oh, sure. Oh, we've got to find that story. Otherwise, we're licked. I'm afraid we are, chum. Well, I can't be. Unless that false Superman is captured and exposed, some people will still believe that I robbed those banks. They'll no longer trust and cooperate with me. And if that happens, I'm finished. Well, don't, don't say that. Well, it's true. Robin, stop that racket. Oh, sorry again. I can't sit still. You gents realize what time it is? Oh, it's about 10 o'clock. It's five minutes to 11. It is. Uh-huh. And the phony Superman always does his stuff between 11 and 1. Oh, that's right. What are we going to do, Superman? I wish I knew. If you think of anything, let me know. Hey, it's starting to snow. Would you like to run home and get your sled? Sure, why not? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Oh, Christmas, you won't let you pipe down. What? Uh, nothing, nothing. I just told Robin to pipe down. I'm nervous enough without his corny tenor jangling my nerves. Oh, I resent that. No, no, no. Wait a minute. You said something about Christmas. Did I? Oh, yes, yes, I did. Wait should. a minute. Wait a minute. Christmas. Christmas. What's the matter with him? Search me. I got it. Huh? What? The story I was looking for. It's in the magazine section of the Planet Special Christmas Edition. You sure? Yes. I didn't see any magazine sections. Well, they're filed separately on this shelf over here. Now, Christmas issue should be in this pile. Here we are. Wait in. Find the Christmas number. Come on, Robin. Let me, uh... These are the February issues. Well, I've got January. Well, here are the December ones. December 30th, 23rd. 23rd, that's the one. Let me have it, Robin. Well, this is the 23rd. Christmas is... That's the Christmas number. The magazine section only appears on Sundays. Oh. Now, oh, let's see. Story in the UNO. Ah, here it is. Where? Right here. See? A story on the oldest banknote company in the country, the Metropolis Banknote Corporation. What's a banknote corporation? It makes paper money for the government. I thought the Mint did that. Oh, the Mint makes all the coins, but not all the paper money. Now, let's see. Oh, here we are. Listen to this. Founded during the American Revolution and still situated on its original site on Lower Dock Street, the Metropolis Banknote Corporation will begin printing its final issue of paper money for the United States government on Christmas Day. An issue of, get this... $50 million oh. will be printed at the rate of $1 million per day and will be completed on February 13th. Wait, that's today. Right. Jeepers. Listen. The money will be stored in the corporation's time-honored vaults until the issue is completed. On the following day, February 14th, it will be removed to the United States Treasury and the Metropolis Banknote Corporation, oldest company of its kind in America, will formally close its doors, its long career of service at an end. Well... There it is. What are we waiting for? You took the words right out of my mouth, Patty. Come on, this might be the answer. My hunch that you're right. 
There's exactly $50 million in the corporation's vaults right now. And the phony Superman means to bust in and collect it. Well, if he does, we'll collect him. I'll just raise this window. What for? The Superman Express leads on this track, John. No, fancy me forgetting that. Do you prefer the right arm or the left arm compartment, Batman? No time for clowning now, Robert. Under this arm with you. Check. You under this arm, Batman? Double check. All right, hang on. Here we go. Out. Up. And away! Leaping from the Daily Planet Library with Batman and Robin in his arms, Superman streaks through the night sky to the wholesale warehouse district on the river, dark and deserted at this late hour. On Lower Dock Street, the Man of Steel swoops low over an ancient dust-grimed tomb-like structure, its doors and windows heavily barred, only its first floor showing illumination. There it is, the Metropolis Banknote Corporation. Well, everything looks quiet on the outside. What does your X-ray vision say about the inside, Superman? All quiet there, too. Just a few guards sitting around. Sitting around? It'll be a tough job breaking into that old fortress, Robin. Not for our bank robber friend. He's got superhuman strength. I wonder if he has. You wouldn't wonder if you tangled with him like that man and I did. He's almost as strong as you are, Superman. I'd still wonder. Have you forgotten how he ripped those six-inch steel doors off their hinges? I'll have to see him do it before I believe it. <laughs> Stubborn cuss, isn't he? Uh, maybe he'll find out for himself tonight. That's what I'm hoping. And the sooner the better. All right, we'll drop down and hide in the shadows across the street. Here we go. Down! What's that? The chime clock in the export company tower. It's just 11. Well, we ought to get action pretty soon, then. Keep your fingers crossed. There go those chimes again. It's midnight. Smart boy. You can tell time. It counts up to 12, too. Good. I just want to count how many times we can bounce that phony Superman off the floor. He bounced us the last two times. They say the third time is the charm. Where is he? That's what I'd like to know, Robin. That's what I'd like to know. The latest they ever showed up to rob a bank was just a minute or two after one. I know. He did most of his jobs before midnight. I hope we didn't guess wrong. Make that hope for two. Wait, what? There's a car coming. The big fellow's driving it. Two men are in the back seat. Where? Is it? Uh-oh. What now? No soap. They turned off at a river street. Oh, shucks. Superman. Yes? I'm no crepe hanger, but he's always showed up before this. Maybe we drew the wrong car tonight. I don't know. I was sure we didn't. But I'm beginning to have a few doubts myself. You mean while we're hanging around this place, a phony Superman might be making his haul someplace else? It could be, Robin. Jeepers. Well, we won't give up the ship yet. This is our only hope. Come on, you two. Hang on. We're going up to cruise around a bit. All set? Up! Up! And away! Anxiously, Superman, carrying Batman and Robin, circles over the dark warehouse district. His keen eyes searching for the mysterious bank robber. Have our friends guessed wrong? And is the largest burglary in history occurring at another place? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. It is now 1.30 in the morning. Superman with Batman and Robin is still cruising high in the air above the tomb-like Metropolis Banknote Corporation, in whose underground vaults $50 million is stored. But the mysterious bank robber who masquerades as the Man of Steel has not put in an appearance. And our friends are fast losing their last bit of hope. Oh, I'm afraid we missed the boat, Superman. We didn't even get close enough to wave. I hate to agree, but it... Wait a minute. What's the matter? We didn't miss the boat. Huh? What do you mean? The false Superman has arrived. He has? Where? I, I don't see him. He and six other men are in a tunnel under the bank company vaults. A tunnel? Yes. It's an old sewer tunnel. Below the underground vaults where the $50 million is stored. Jeepers. All right. Take a deep breath now. In a moment, we're going to meet my impersonator and find out if he's as strong as you say he is. 
tensely, Batman and Robin wait for Superman to act. To bring them face to face with the mysterious bank robber, who even now is clothed in a blue costume and red cape identical to the Man of Steel's, and who apparently possesses superhuman strength. What will happen when these two meet? Tomorrow brings the smashing climax of our story, fellows and girls, and an amazing surprise. So be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, and thrill to the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also the copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me do something right here, aha. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. Today we conclude our story of the strange bank robberies. So stand by for the dramatic climax with Superman, Batman, and Robin and the beginning of a brand new story. But now, let's see what's going on over at Dan McCullough's house this afternoon. Dan, Dan! Hi, Sally. Come on in the living room. Oh, Dan, it's the best Valentine I ever got. Yeah? Which one? The one you sent, of course, with the comic button on it. Oh, yeah. That's from a package of Kellogg's Pep we opened the other day. Oh, I'm so thrilled. Hey, Dan, Dan, where are you? Hi, Rusty. Come on in. Hey, Dan, that's a swell idea. A Valentine with a comic button for my collection? I got one, too, Rusty. Yeah? Which one? Moon Mullins. I got the Superman button. Oh. You got Moon Mullins? Yes. Swap your Superman for Moon Mullins. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Cinch that trade right away. You don't mind, do you, Dan? Why, of course not. All the gang knows that's a swell way to get a new and different comic button for your collection. And all the gang's mighty busy these days working toward all 18 buttons in the series. Of course, it's a real help that these comic buttons are so easy to get. You don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you some of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Inside every package, there's an exclusive prize for you. 
Remember, that's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Learning that a mysterious bank robber who has been impersonating him and apparently possesses superhuman strength planned a $50 million burglary, Superman and his friends, Batman and Robin, found a clue in a back issue of the Daily Planet. The Metropolis Banknote Company, which prints paper money for the Treasury, had that day completed the printing of $50 million and had stored it in the company's underground vaults. Carrying Batman and Robin, Superman hovered in the dark sky above the ancient tomb-like building. And shortly after one o'clock in the morning, his X-ray vision spotted the mysterious bank robber and six men in an old sewer tunnel directly beneath the vault. As we continue now, having obtained entrance to the building, our three friends are in the basement vault. Listen. What are they doing now, Superman? Removing the loose concrete. What loose concrete? Under a section of this floor. They must have been working on it a long time. The concrete is at least eight inches thick. Jesus. Okay, get ready. They'll be coming through any second now. All right. False Superman is finishing the job with a padded sledgehammer. Hey, he is pretty strong. He's plenty strong. Robert and I tangled with him and got bounced around like rubber dolls. We know. Yeah, and don't forget how he ripped open the steel bank doors. Bullet broken through. Now, listen, let me handle this. Are you kidding? You said he had six huskies with him. I know, but I should look at it. Here comes the first guy through the hole. Wait, behind the vaults. Okay, now don't show yourselves until I give the word. Are the others coming up? Yes. We'll wait until they're all above decks and then we'll move. Quiet now. There are six of them and the phony super in, huh? Yes. We're outnumbered just enough to make it interesting. Okay. Let's jump them before they can get to their guns. Leave the man in the costume and cave to me. All right. Let's go, Robin. Right with you, Pappy. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, look, three guys. What's that? Leave you here. Oh, here's my calling card. Read it when you wake up. Right, get out of here. You're the one I want to meet. All right, my pony friend. Let's see if you do have superhuman strength. Nice going, Robin. Stay away from those guns, Mister. Oh, you want it? You okay? With your eyes, oh, and a boy, Batman. Oh, your eyes are popping up. Ranger, do you mind if I pop back in for you? Hey, I'm running out of sparring partners, Batman. There's just this one left. I'll take him. Pardon me, friend. You're the shooting show. Well, there were six little gunmen, but now there are none. Now we can help Superman. Oh, he doesn't need any help. Look behind you. Christopher Columbus. He's swinging the pony around like a Ferris wheel. I get dizzy. By all means, we've got some talking to do. Down on your feet. There we are. You strong like lions. Superman's got him tamed, Robin. Tame as a kitten. Now, what's your name? I, Boris. Boris what? Boris Mikhailovich Petrovsky. Oh, brother, what a mouthful. Quiet, Robin. I, not bad man. I do nothing wrong. Oh, no? How about robbing all those banks? I no keep money. I give to, to, how you say, char, char... charity, sure, to make the police think I was a thief. But the $50 million in these vaults weren't going to charity. This was the big deal you were billing up to. You intended to keep this money and brand me as the burglar. Oh, I not keep any money. Mr. Simpson, he say, all this I do is, uh, uh, how you say, publicity. Uh, uh, it gets Boris very big name. Why did you want to get publicity? Boris go on stage, make money. The stage? Dada, uh, people pay much money, see Boris. Strongest man in the whole world. 
Mr. Simpson is uh, Boris make lots money. Who is Mr. Simpson? Uh, that he there lie on floor. Fatty Burton spot. That uh, he give a ticket come America. He say make Boris rich man. He say Boris do like he say get much of. Uh, I think he's telling the truth, Robin. I don't. Nobody could be that dumb. Da, da. Mr. Simpson say Boris very dumb. That mean Boris very strong, no? You say you believe him, Superman? Yes, I think he was taken advantage of by this Simpson. Played for a sucker, you mean? That's right. Of course, we'll check on his story. Tell me, Boris, how did you open those bank doors and vaults? And how did you bend those steel bars into pretzels? Hey, Mr. Simpson, give Boris this. What's that? Looks like an aluminum cylinder. It's just what it is. There are three electronic tubes inside it and a battery strapped around his chest. Boris holds this to door, still gets soft. Gets soft? Da, da. He start melt, then Boris take hold and pull the rest away. Not hard for so strong men like me. Right, Jupiter. You mean this thing melts steel? I don't believe it. I do. I've heard of diathermic rays used to soften steel. Remember I showed you how the bank door in Lordville was wrenched out of shape, Batman? Hey, that's right. But it was done with this electronic gadget. Well, I'll be jiggered. Oh... Here comes the police. Anderson and I are going to pop when he sees these goons stretched out on the floor. Uh, you think they got a jail strong enough to hold this guy? Oh, no. Please, I no go to jail. I not a bit bad. Well, that'll be up to a judge to decide, Boris. That's how we do things here in America. But I, Boris, I good man. I not do nothing. Order in the court. Boris Petrovsky. Step up, Boris. Da. Since it is evident that you're only an innocent dupe in the hands of George Simpson, alias George Tanner, with a long police record, this court is patrolling you in the custody of Clark Kent. Court adjourned. You're free, Boris. The judge isn't sending you to jail. Oh, I keep the hand up, Judge. Never mind that. Come along. I'm going to get you a job operating one of the Daily Planet presses where you can put some of that strength of yours to good use. Oh, I am so happy. So glad... With tears of happiness rolling down his cheeks, Boris, the big Russian, leaves the courtroom in the custody of his newfound friend, the man he had innocently tried to wrong. And so Superman has solved another baffling mystery. But if he thinks he can lean back and relax, he is sadly mistaken. For at this very moment, another adventure is brewing. This one more amazing than any that have gone before. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Our scene is the city room of the Daily Planet. In Lois Lane's absence, young Jimmy Olsen has been using her office. And as we look in now, the telephone on the desk has just rung. Swinging back in his chair, Jimmy lifts the receiver. Well, Olsen speaking. James, is it you I'm speaking to? What? Who is this, Poco? Is there anyone else in space or time who thinks in rhythm and talks in rhyme? Oh, it's Poco, all right. How are you, pal? Oh, I'm fine, friend James. And how are you? Do you still have plenty of work to do? No, I'm just moping around waiting for something to happen. A trip where? To the moon. In a balloon. Are you kidding? Oh, honest, ancient, and cross my heart. Just say the word and we can start. Uh, Professor Twiddle is standing by to shoot his rocket into the sky. Now, wait a minute, Poco. What kind of double talk are you handing me? You mean to say someone's going to try to fly to the moon in a rocket? Professor Twiddle, who happens to be an expert in astronomy, is quite convinced that it is no dream to fly to the moon on a radar beam. And so he's built a rocket ship controlled by radar to make the trip from the earth to the moon in nothing flat now tell me 
What do you think of that? Well, I think it's crazy. Oh, crazy yes or crazy no. Professor Twiddle is ready to go. Maybe he's right and maybe he's wrong. But he'd like us both to go along. Me fly to the moon in a rocket? Oh, no. Oh, don't say no. Do you hear the story at Professor Twiddle's laboratory? Can you meet me there at half past two so he himself can tell it to you? Well, where is it? Oh, 607 Winthrop Street, where the avenue and the parkway meet. But don't breathe the word to a single soul, or you'll get me in a terrible hole. Oh, okay. Oh, toodaloo till half past two. Toodaloo. Hanging up, Jimmy shakes his head and rubs his eyes as though he had just awakened from a dream. Is Poco serious, or is it just a gag? Well, just between us, it's far from a gag. And if you listen tomorrow, you'll meet the eccentric Professor Twiddle and learn how Jimmy and Poco get themselves involved in an adventure in space that almost defies the best efforts of Superman to save them. So don't miss tomorrow's episode. It's the beginning of a new and excitingly different story. Tune in, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. Today, as we begin a brand new adventure for the Man of Steel, Jimmy Olsen has just had a most unusual invitation. We'll learn more about it in a moment. But right now, gang, let's hear what Dan McCullough has to say. You know, uh, the other day I heard a girl and a fellow arguing over which is the best-looking comic button in the series Kellogg's Pep is putting out. Now, she voted for Superman, said he's the most handsome, but he held out for Smokey Stover because he's the funniest. Then I put in my two cents worth for that tough little mug, Kale. And you know what we decided? Well, we decided that there just isn't any best-looking comic button because all 18 of them are different types, and you can't very well compare them. And we decided that it's going to be a grand day when a fellow or girl can sport the whole series on a jacket or a dress or cap. What's more, we all agreed that it's loads of fun collecting these pet comic buttons, seeing who can get the most buttons the soonest and swapping duplicates with your pals. It'd be a doggone shame to miss that fun. So, gang, better remind Mom to get you some more of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep, because that's the only way you can get these comic buttons. You can't buy them anywhere, and you don't have to send in any money, not even a box top. They come only as exclusive prizes in packages of P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. When Poco, Editor Perry White's curious little cook who speaks only in rhyme, called Jimmy Olsen at the Daily Planet and invited him to take a trip to the moon, Jimmy thought the roly-poly rhyme too was either kidding or crazy. 
but evidently Poco is neither. He has arranged to meet Jimmy at the secret laboratory of Professor Twiddle, inventor of the radar rocket. As we join Jimmy now, he's walking through the huge city room and has just stopped to look in at Clark Kent's office. Hi, Mr. Kent. Oh, hi, Jim. Come on in. Thanks. Say, uh, Mr. Kent, hmm? do you know how far the moon is? You mean from the Earth? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, the distance varies, Jim, but it's approximately a quarter of a million miles. A quarter of a million miles? Well, that's not very far. Are you kidding? Well, now, look, Venus is 26 million miles from the Earth, and Mars is 35. Gosh. And the moon is not made of green cheese, in case you're interested. And, and it doesn't have any man in it. Well, how do you know? <laughs> so I echoed, nobody really knows, I suppose, but scientists are pretty sure the moon has no inhabitants. Well, it couldn't have. Why not? Hasn't any moisture, Jim. Even flowers need moisture to live. Not only that, but the uh, temperatures on the moon are brutal. During the day, the thermometer hits 260 degrees, and during the night, it drops to 240 degrees below zero. That's pretty cold. Yeah, it sure is. You're not uh, thinking of a trip to the moon, are you, Jim? Oh, me? Why, uh, gosh, no. Don't look so shocked. Ever since the Army Signal Corps made radar contact with the moon a few weeks ago, every crackpot in the world is flying to the moon. You... You think they're all crackpots? Oh, of course. Uh-huh. Well, I gotta be going. Thanks a lot, Mr. King. Okay. I'll see you later. Come on, Jim. Uh, if you decide to go to the moon, uh, be sure to pick a nice, comfortable moonbeam. <laughs> Leaving the Daily Planet building, Jimmy takes a cab to the address given him by Poco over the phone. It's a three-story brownstone building in what was once a fashionable section of the city. Mounting the steps, Jimmy is about to ring the bell when the door opens and Poco motions him inside. A moment later, they are together in what resembles a living room. Poco is quivery with excitement. Oh, James, my friend. I'm so glad you're here. Each minute of waiting was like a year. If you hadn't come, I'd been in the middle with Gloomy Gus and Professor Twitter. Now, wait a minute, Poco. Before we get into this, I want you to know I think it's a lot of horse feathers. Well, I just had a talk with Mr. Kent, and he says... Oh, that... holy Jupiter. What have you done? You shouldn't have spoken to anyone. Now, relax. All I did was ask Mr. Kent some questions about the moon how far away it was, and things like that. He happened to mention that a lot of crackpots were talking about flying to the moon ever since the Army Signal Corps contacted it by radar. So this Professor Twiddle of yours must be a crackpot, too. Oh, he is, is he? Huh? I said he is, is he? Well, sure, he's a crackpot if he thinks he can fly to the moon. Well, who are you? I, my young friend, am Professor Twiddle. What? Oh, uh, hello. I smell trouble. So, I'm a crackpot, am I? Professor Timothy T. Twiddle, A-B-M-A, Ph.D., F-R-S-C, L-L-D, is a crackpot. And pray tell, what are you? Well, I'm a newspaper reporter. Oh, so you're the young man Poco was telling me about. James is his first name, Professor Twiddle. His last name's Olson. He has no middle. James Olson, eh? And you think I'm a crackpot? Well, it's not me, sir. It's Clark Kent. Oh, Jiminy Creaker. We're getting deeper. Clark Kent? Who is he? Well, he? He's a reporter on the Daily Planet. Oh, another newspaper reporter, eh? Perhaps you could tell me why Mr. Park Bench calls me a crackpot. Well, his name is Clark Kent. A fig for his name. Why did he call me a crackpot? Oh, he, he didn't call you a crackpot. You just said he did. I did not. You did so. I did not. All I said was that Mr. Kent said anyone who tried to fly to the moon was a crackpot. Really? Which side of the moon? There are two sides, you know. Are there? Are there? Are there? Of course there are. Everything has at least two sides. Even Poco knows that. Don't you, Poco? Oh, yes, I, I guess. Well, does it matter which side you fly to? Of course it matters. Why? Because one side we know about. The other side we don't. And and which side are you going to fly to? The other side, of course. The side we don't know about. 
Anybody would be a crackpot to fly to the side we know about because there's nothing there. Absolutely nothing. Oh, well, that's what Mr. Kent said. He said it had no moisture, and he said nobody could live on the moon. But he didn't say anything about size. Ah, ah. That's the trouble. That's the big trouble. We only see one side of the moon because the moon revolves on its axis in exactly the time it takes for it to circle the Earth. So it always presents the same side to an earthly observer. Uh, do you understand? Uh, no. Do you understand, Poco? Oh, no. It's much too deep for me. I never studied geometry. But we'll take your word for it, Professor. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, now, where were we? Uh, the other side of the moon. Oh, oh yes, yes. Uh, that's where we're going in my radar rocket, to the unknown side of the moon. Well, are we ready to leave? Well, ready to leave? You mean... You mean you're going now? And why not? Well, gosh, I can't go to the moon just like that. I'd have to get an okay from Mr. White, and I'd have to tell my mother and get my toothbrush. Six fiddlesticks. We'll be back by supper time. By, by supper time? But, of course, you don't think I intend tootling around in space forever, do you? But, but the moon's a quarter of a million miles away. My radar rocket travels at the rate of 5,000 miles a minute. Now, how fast is that by the hour? By the hour? Well, let's see. 60 minutes in an hour. A brilliant observation. 60 times 5,000 would be... Would be Leaping lizards. 300,000 miles an hour. Exactly. Which means, of course, that we can travel to the moon and back in one hour, 43 minutes, and 12 seconds. Poco, this guy's crazy as a loon. What did you say? Uh, I said you you can't be lazy on the moon. Hmm. That doesn't even make sense. But never mind. The radar rocket is ready to be launched. We leave in five minutes. Five minutes? Oh, gosh, can't I even call my mother? No, no, a thousand times no. We must maintain complete secrecy. I have powerful enemies. Foul, unscrupulous men who would move heaven and earth to prevent my reaching the moon. Make up your mind, young man. Are you going with us? Yes or no? Oh, why? Well, I... Bewildered, Jimmy's eyes shift from Poco to Professor Twiddle. He's almost convinced the little eccentric scientist isn't all there. And yet something tells him there's more to this than appears on the surface. Strangely enough, Jimmy is right. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> Finally consenting to attempt a trip to the moon in a radar rocket, Jimmy, with Poco at his heels, was led up three flights of stairs by Professor Twiddle and ushered into a room on the top floor of the house. In the center of the room on a raised platform is the radar rocket, built like a huge cigar with a plexiglass nose and what looks like an aluminum body. At the far end of the room, a man is seated at a control board mounted with dozens of mysterious knobs and dials. He looks up as Professor Twiddle approaches him, and the expression on his face is one of deep gloom. Jimmy nudges Poco. Poco, who's he? Oh, Professor Twiddle's radar man. Did you ever see such a gloomy pan? Well, he does. Is everything ready for the launching? Everything's ready, but you'll never get to the moon. Oh, come now, come now. Something's bound to happen. It always does. Fiddlestick. What's he mean, Poco? Oh, he always makes this kind of a fuss. That's why they call him Gloomy Gus. Well, young man, there it is. How do you like it? Well, how do I like what? The radar rocket, of course. Well, I think it's very nice. Since well, you're a newspaper reporter, you will undoubtedly wish to write a world-shattering story about our trip to the moon. So I think I'd better give you some idea of how it works. You mean if it works? <laughs> Don't pay any attention to Gus. He's just gloomy by nature. Anyone who takes off in that thing is crazy. Quiet, Gus, quiet. Now, as I was saying, I'd better give you some idea of how the radar rocket works. Well, if you don't mind, Professor. Oh, I don't mind at all. No, I mean... Think I... nothing of it. Now, pay close attention. The instrument panel at which Gus is seated is the radar beam control board. You got that? In a few short moments, Gus will direct a radar beam at the moon. We shall then enter the rocket, press the impulse button, and drive that radar beam through space at the incredible speed of 5,000 miles a minute. Wait, you mean, you mean he doesn't go with us, Gus? Certainly not, certainly not. He controls the radar beam from the control board. I wouldn't ride in that thing for a million dollars. <laughs> Funny, isn't he? Start the beam going, Gus. Now, 
We open the door of the rocket and step inside. Oh, not me. What was that? I, I said not me. I, I'm not going. What do you mean? I changed my mind. I, I don't want to fly to the moon. It's too late, young man. Too too late? Yes, too late. Too late. Now that you've seen the rocket, you must go along. I can't leave you behind to reveal my secret to the world. Oh, I promise. I won't say a word to anyone. Step inside. But, Professor, I... Step inside, young man. Do as I say. <laughs> Gee. Gee whiz. Fearfully, with the strange, eerie hum of the radar machine building up behind him, Jimmy steps into the curious rocket, followed by Poco and then Professor Twiddle. The metal door closes. Two bolts slide into place. And then, for a moment, all is deadly silence. What will happen next? What can happen? You'd be surprised. So, if surprises are what you like, don't fail to hear Monday's episode in this strange adventure in space. Every minute of it is tense and exciting, so be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. Today, his friend Jimmy Olsen is about to take a trip, a trip to the moon in Professor Twiddle's curious radar rocket. We'll join Jimmy, Poco, and the Professor in just a moment. But right now, here's Dan McCullough to tell you about an interesting observation he's made. Say, gang, here's something I noticed the other day. Among all those characters whose pictures are on the comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out, there's not one villain. Yes, sir, you can say something good about every single one of those 18 different funny paper friends. Like uh, Skeezix, for instance. Why, well, he's a regular fellow. And uh, Skeezix Silver, always good for a laugh. And Superman himself. Boy, he's a real hero. What's more, you can say lots of good things about the way those cat comic buttons are done up. The colors are so bright and clear on the gleaming white background that, well, you feel mighty proud someday soon when you wear all 18 of those pet comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. And for downright exciting fun, can you beat the thrill of getting a new button every time Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pet or maybe even a duplicate that you can trade with your pals? So how's about reminding Mom right now that it's about time for another package or two of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal. Because that's the only way you can get these nifty comic buttons. You can't buy them, and you don't send in any money, not even a box stop. Just get your exclusive prize in every package of P-E-P Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. In response to an excited telephone call from Poco, editor Perry White's curious little Poco speaks only in rhyme, Jimmy Olsen agreed to meet Poco's friend, Professor Timothy T. Twiddle, the slightly eccentric scientist who was planning a trip to the moon. To Jimmy's amazement, Professor Twiddle was serious. Not only serious, but on the third floor of his house, mounted in a launching platform, Professor Twiddle displayed his radar rocket, a cigar-shaped metal container with a plexiglass nose. 
And before Jimmy knew it, he was inside the rocket with Poco and the professor about to take off. As we join them now, the professor is up forward manipulating some strange dials, while Jimmy and Poco huddle in the rear. Jimmy is petrified. Oh, Poco, I tell you, we're crazy to do this. We're as crazy as he is. Oh, Professor Twiddle is often hazy, but on my honor, he's far from crazy. But, but flying to the moon. Who ever heard of such a thing? Oh, the more you work, the more you learn. Earn. The more you live, the more you learn. Oh, you're crazy, too. I'm getting out of here. Professor Twiddle! Don't let me know, young man. I'm just in the radar detector. But, Professor, I... Young man, oh, relax, St. James. There's nothing to fear. You're not alone. I'll be here. Oh, that's a big help. Oh, why did I ever get mixed up in this? Why? Look at me, cooped up in an aluminum cigar with a, a guy who's nutty as a fruit. Oh, I see. You mean me. No, I don't mean you, Poco. And for the love of Mike, stop talking in rhyme, yeah? I've made cuckoo, too. Oh, talking in rhyme saves me time. Oh, all right. What's the use? It won't be alive very long anyway. You heard what that guy at the control board said, his assistant. You heard him say we were crazy to try this. Well, he always makes that kind of a... That's why they call him Gloomy Duck. I don't care what they call him. He's right. Radar rocket, fly to the moon on a radar beam of all the... Gentlemen, all ready to take off. Next stop, the moon. Uh, Professor... Don't thank me, young man. Don't thank me until our flight is complete. But I want to... understand. I understand perfectly. You're overwhelmed with the honor. So be it. Now, if you and Foco will brace yourselves for the initial propulsion shot, take off. Uh, the roof. What about the roof? That's just... Uh, that's my beard. You're right, quite right. Flip my mind completely. I'll tell Gus you're the Roll it back. Coco, he's crazy. Oh, have patience, Kane. Don't call him names. He's opening the door. Now's our chance to get out. No, no. We'll have to go. Too late now. Thanks so much for reminding me about the roof. So, would have been quite embarrassing. Ah, there it goes. Jeepers. It is rolling back. Leaving us with nothing but the canopy of the heavens above us. The endless limits of space which we are about to conquer. Ready, gentlemen? Oh, gosh. Break yourself. I am about to press the propulsion button. Here goes. We're up. I said we're up. What? I'm afraid to open my eyes. Where are we? Hurtling through space at 5,000 miles a minute. Oh. Oh, courage, friend. It's not the end. Maybe not, but it's the next thing to us. Relax, gentlemen, relax. From now on, it will be smooth sailing. We're above the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, perhaps I should give you both an elementary lesson in astrology while we're on route. Oh, don't bother. If I never see a star again, it'll be too soon. Oh, what's that? We have just passed into the ionosphere. Oh, dear. Uh, how far from the Earth are we? Oh, roughly 8,000 miles. Oh. Of course, I was under the impression this young man had taken a trip in a spaceship with you. And I took it with him, didn't I, Jim? Yeah, but, but that was different. That was an accident. We, we touched something and it took off. Very unscientific, very unscientific. In my radar rocket, it will see everything is under control. Our course is plotted, guided, imposed, and monitored under strict mathematical equations. We are as safe up here at this moment as we would be in... Uh... It's a lizard. What was that? Don't move. Stay where you are. Something's gone wrong. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. You see, Poco, I told you. I told you we shouldn't have come along. Have ah, is me. Such misery. You heard what he said. We're in trouble. Something's gone wrong. We have no radar impulse. Well, but didn't know what? No radar impulse. No I don't know what he's talking about. He says we have no radar beam. Could all this change be just a dream? Oh, I wish it were, but it isn't. Don't get excited. Don't lose your head. It's just temporary. I'm certain. It's just temporary. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Well, then what are you so excited for? Excited? Who's excited? Why, I'm just as cute as a cucumber. Uh, but don't you get excited. There's nothing to be excited about. Uh, where's Professor Twiddle? Huh? I said, where's Professor Twiddle? What happened to him? Oh, well, yeah, you're Professor Twiddle. Huh? Oh, yes, yeah, so I am, so I am. <laughs> Silly of me. 
uh, with Cole Poco drive here, and I'm here too, and we want to know what happened. You said something was wrong right after that that big hiss. Yes, yes, of course. The radar beam. We haven't any radar beam. What does that mean? What does it mean? Why, that's my beard. It means. Why, it means we're suspe- suspended in space. Uh, we're held between the Earth and the Moon. Are we moving? I can't you tell. Oh, me, oh, my. Stuck in the sky. You mean we're just just stuck up here? We can't move? Not without a radar beam. The gravitational attraction of the Earth is counterbalanced by the atmospheric depression of the ionosphere, placing us in a state of inanimate suspension. Oh, cut out the double talk. We're stuck up here, is that it? Stating the matter simply, yes. How far are we from the Earth? Approximately 10,000 miles. Oh, murder. Don't get excited. Don't get excited. Oh, stop telling me not to get excited. I'm not excited. I'm as chill as a cucumber. There, you see? You are excited. You are. Uh, stop it. Stop it, I said. My word. Now, look. You you say we're stuck here. We can't go up and we can't go down. What are we going to do about it? Because, my dear, what can we do? Without a radar beam, we're... Uh, we're... Well, where is the radar beam? Why, why it just isn't. It's cut off suddenly. Who cut it off? Because, my dear, how should I know? Well... Look, the way I understand it, your assistant Gus, operating the radar set in your house, sent a beam up to the moon. Correct, correct. And then the rocket was launched and it traveled on the radar beam. Correct again. But now there is no radar beam. It's gone. Correct, once more. That means someone at the radar set must have stopped it. Yes, yes, of course. Who? Bless my beard, I don't know. It couldn't be Gus, could it? No, no, a thousand times no. Well, maybe the machine went on the blink. On the what? Oh, the blink. Maybe it's busted. I doubt it. I very much doubt it. This is the work of my enemies. Well, whatever it is, we're stuck up here. Until someone gets the radar beam working again, right? Yes, but we haven't much time. What do you mean? We're in the atmosphere. The region above the atmosphere. It, it has no oxygen. What? No oxygen? Then how are we breathing? We're breathing the oxygen from our own tanks. But bless my bed, we have just enough to last 24 hours. Just 24 hours and then... Well, that's all. Suspended in space 10,000 miles from the Earth... Jimmy and Popo listen in dazed silence. As Professor Twiddle informs them, they have only enough oxygen to last 24 hours. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Night has fallen, and inside the radar rocket, suspended in space, all is quiet. Popo is curled up fast asleep, and Professor Twiddle is dozing, his bearded chin resting on his chest. Only Jimmy is wide awake. A tiny yellow light burns in the ceiling of the rocket, casting a weird glow on the metal ribs. Suddenly, Jimmy stiffens as the deadly silence is broken by an eerie sound. Professor Twiddle. Professor Twiddle. Eh? Yes, what is it? What is it? I hear something strange. Strange? What? Where? Listen. Bless my beard, it's the pigeons. Pigeons? Slip my mind completely. Good gracious. Be careful. Poco's asleep. How can anyone sleep in a place where people practically step in your face? Sorry, Poco. I'm getting the pigeons. Ah, my two lovely little beauties. You were lonesome, weren't you? Well, well, what did you bring pigeons along for? Now they'll just use up oxygen. On the contrary, on the contrary. Pigeons use very little oxygen. And they're sensitive to atmospheric changes. All birds are. Don't you they use canaries and coal mines to test for poison gases? I brought these little beauties along as a safeguard. To warn us in case the oxygen apparatus fails to work. They long before we would. Oh, that's a big help. Can I tell fortunes to... Now, don't make fun of them, young man. Don't make fun of them. They may come in very handy. Well, hey, wait a minute. Come in handy. Huh? Little lizards. That's my beard. What is it? You bet they'll come in handy. Oh, boy. Why didn't you say something about them before? Get a pencil. Get a piece of paper. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Almost exploding in his eagerness, Jimmy reaches for the cage containing the two pigeons as though it were a life preserver. Why is he so excited? Has he in mind? We'll know tomorrow, so don't miss it. Tune in. Same time, same station. 
and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!